Good morning, everybody. Thank you all for letting me preach today. And I'd like to start off with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we know you are there always, and yet sometimes we feel disconnected. Help us remember that all we need to do is turn to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So a few weeks ago, we celebrated Reformation Sunday in honor of the changes that Martin Luther had brought about in the church. But did any of you know that Martin gave his life to God in service because of a storm? Well, I'm sure there were other things that happened that made him give his life to God. Um, but in a terrible lightning storm, he was so afraid that he made a vow to God. He, in, in exchange for saving his life, he would be forever devoted to serving God. And when God saved him from the storm, Martin held up his end of the bargain, and he joined a ministry to serve, a monastery, excuse me, to serve God forever. However, Martin was continually plagued with how to be a good Christian. He beat himself often. He confessed every tiny little sin that he had. He couldn't find happiness. And he had found himself in a rather dark place in his relationship with God. So one day, Martin was meditating on Romans. And he said, it was as if the very gates of heaven had opened before me. This verse in Romans says, for in it the gospel, the righteousness of God, is revealed through faith for faith. As it is written, the one who is righteous will live by faith. God's words of love had reached Martin, and he realized that he had been totally disconnected from the meaning of grace. He had been clinging to the notion that he could save himself, when really God's love had already saved him. This connection to God's love, instead of condemnation, brought him into the light, so to speak, and with God's help, he took part in changing the world. So when we look at our scripture readings this morning from Jeremiah and Colossians and Luke, we can see that all three of the readings point to the same thing. They all show God reaching out to his people. And we see this first in the warnings of Jeremiah, when through Jeremiah, God says that the leaders of the people are destroying and scattering the sheep of his pasture. God states through Jeremiah, the days are coming when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. So you see, God was not content to let his people be misled and lost. He wanted his people to know him and to know how much he loved them. Then in Paul's letter to the Colossians, he's telling these people how he has been praying for them and asking God to fill them, fill them with the knowledge of his will. He's reminding them that God has already rescued them from darkness. And he's already brought them into the kingdom of the Son, Jesus. Now, I think this statement has probably a whole lot more meaning when we have found ourselves in a dark place. If you've had a dark time in your life and you've felt separated from God, 
you are more likely to reach out for help. You're going to look for anyone or anything that gives you comfort. But Paul here is saying the power, God has the power, the hope, and the compassion, and he's been continually loving you through every second of your life. Finally, we see in the Gospel of Luke that God is bringing his message of love to us directly, coming down physically through his son Jesus to show the world that we are his people. God has so much love for us that no matter what we do, he continues to show us that love over and over again. Both in the Old Testament and in the New Testaments, we can find scripture telling us that God is continually reaching out to the world, and he will not stop. Have any of you um, seen the movie that came out recently, Father Stew? It starred Mark Wahlberg. Um, I thought it was an exceptional movie. Um, very beautiful story of grace. Um, but the movie is based on the true story of a man whose life was so messed up, you couldn't possibly see anything good that would come out of this man. I won't spoil a movie for you, but um, I will say that the story is the most beautiful example of God reaching out to someone and changing their whole life. The man still had so many problems throughout his, this whole movie and throughout his life, but he knew without a doubt that God had touched him, God loved him, and God forgave him completely, no matter what he was going through. God never gives up on any of us either. Those loved ones that you are praying for, those who seem lost, God is continually by their side as well, and he's just waiting for them to turn to him. So the story of the crucifixion um, that is in our gospel reading today, the crucifixion can seem so familiar to us that we often don't notice some of these details. Um, the last days that Jesus spends with his disciples and the harshness of his death those can be very hard for us to relate to. I think to, if we have to think about how much Jesus went through, it makes us feel really uncomfortable. Possibly it can remind us of a dark time in our own life, and we don't really want to think about that. I think this story also makes us um, uncomfortable enough that we just kind of gloss over it, and we avoid looking at some of the details. Now, if you noticed, our reading today picked up at the point when Jesus and the criminals are already hanging on the crosses. And one of the first things brought out in this story is how Jesus prays to God to forgive the people. What does he say? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Why was Jesus asking God to forgive these people? I can't fathom it. I don't know that I could do that. And it's hard for me to imagine saying such a thing. Jesus asked God, his father, to forgive these people who were beating him and hanging him on a cross to die. Could we love another human being in such a way that we would be willing to overlook how awful they are treating us? To love them as Jesus had asked us to do and to ask God to forgive them could we find that kind of love in ourselves? 
The description of this crucifixion in Luke states that Jesus was hung on a cross between two thieves. He was in the middle of the three crosses. And I know this seems like kind of a minor detail, but I can't help but question what was the significance of pointing out that Jesus was in the middle of these three crosses. And he was between two criminals. Possibly the author in his account of Jesus' death puts Jesus in the middle because he wants the focus completely on Jesus. Could it be that he is showing us through his descriptions of the event that Jesus is to be our main focus? I believe that in all the other details of this story, the fact that God came down from heaven so that Jesus would be connected, um, through Jesus, so that we would be connected to him, that is what's most important. And I believe that the author of this scripture wanted us to focus on the fact that this was God. This was God hanging on the cross, front and center. God's unconditional love for all people was realized on the cross that day, the day that Jesus was crucified and died. And God was coming to us and saying, I did this because I love you so much. And I don't want you to be separated from me. I want you to know without a shadow of a doubt that I will always, always love you. Now, I find the conversations that Jesus had with these two criminals very interesting. The whole interaction that Jesus had with these two men show us a lot of different emotions if we take the time to notice it. The conversations that we can read allow us to hear and feel the anger, the doubt, the fear. I think also the hope and the compassion and the love these criminals on either side of Jesus, they were facing their deaths in very different ways. To the one side, we have the criminal who says to Jesus, aren't you the Messiah? Then he says to Jesus, save yourself and us. Well, was he being flippant or was he reluctantly hopeful? Was he so angry that he was just mocking Jesus? Did he want to believe that Jesus was the Messiah? When we are in a very dark place, such as this criminal was, we can be flooded with a lot of emotions, and those emotions keep us from seeing clearly. People can find themselves lost in fear or anger or loss of hope. Those emotions can take our focus off of our Savior, Jesus, and then we become separated from him. And not because he leaves us, but because we leave him. This first criminal, he did not seem to realize that love and acceptance was right there, right next to him. So now when we hear the statement from the second criminal, we notice that he became angry. And he became angry with this other guy on the other side of Jesus. This second guy says, don't you fear God since you are under the same sentence? It's like he's saying, hey man, are you about to die? And this is the time you should be turning to God. Through the words of this second criminal, I can also feel his sympathy for Jesus as well as his compassion for the other guy 
and who the other guy couldn't even realize that he should be repentant. It's as if the second guy felt the comments made by the first guy that they would be painful to Jesus. He, the second guy, realized that Jesus was the Son of God. And it seems he was very upset by the lack of reverence given to Jesus. So through this interaction between Jesus and these two men, we can see again God showing us how to love if we take our focus away from all the things that disconnect us from God and we look at that love that's available to us, then we can see God right next to us. We can see him when we are on our own cross too, whether our cross is filled with pain or fear or anger or doubt or loss of hope. Now the last statement in this dialogue on the cross is Jesus telling the second criminal, Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. What a beautiful picture that paints in your mind, doesn't it? A beautiful picture in a setting of cruelty. As Jesus is dying a horrible death on the cross, and he's speaking about peace and paradise. Can you imagine it? Paradise can be ours through him, and it can be ours through him now. When we learn to trust in him, to give him all of our dark places, and to dwell deeper and deeper in his love, we can choose to stay connected and to fill up in his love. And when we do, we can live out God's love, his message. That is why Jesus came here. That is why Jesus prays to his heavenly Father, asking for forgiveness of the people, showing that love. That is why Jesus faces death and speaks to the criminal of paradise, all of it done in love. Jesus is God, who also lived on this earth and had to deal with how horrible people can be, how unfair life is. He had the same feelings and temptations that we do today. God knew that we would be able to relate to how the world treated Jesus. We could see all of the mess that he went through, and yet he still loved the people. He never stopped loving them, even through his torturous death. And all of this he did to show us that God never stops loving us. So how do we respond to this message of God's love? I believe that all that comes to us can go through us and out to others. And if it's God's love, we can easily let that go through us and out to others. But if you're having trouble with this thought of loving all people, or sometimes even being kind to other people, which can be hard, know this, loving people as Jesus did we can't do it by ourselves. It's totally impossible. That is why we need that strong connection to God. He can see beyond the facade of the people, and he can see the reason for loving them when we cannot. We can't always understand what others are carrying inside of them, and many times we choose not to try. God can see the kind of world that we live in, the hardships of life, the fears that surround us, and he can direct us through those difficulties.
Jesus understands all of our emotions since he had to face them too. Seek him for help. Seek him for direction. And let his love guide you. No matter how far away we think we are from God, we are not. He is always right there. And he will never stop offering that connection to him. Amen. Amen.